With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. What we've got here is failure to communicate. Some men you just can't reach. So you get what we had here last week, which is the way he wants it. Well, he gets it. I don't like it any more than you, man. This is the Dynasty Warzone, the People's Dynasty Podcast, and here are your hosts, Memphis at DFF Memphis and Jerry at Jerry Sin DFF. Folks, Kyle here. I'm a physical therapist and a fantasy football junkie. I've been doing Dynasty for a year and I joined the Dynasty Warzone Patreon about six months ago and never have I felt more comfortable with having Memphis, Jerry, and the guys in the patron chat help me with buys, sells, and navigating free agency and rookie draft. I can't recommend them enough. And so join the Patreon because if you ain't first, you're last. What's happening, guys? Happy Friday and welcome to the Dynasty Warzone, the people's dynasty podcast and you know it you love it it's friday we're going three team parlay but before i get into all that i'll tell you who's not number three as you know he's number one on the team he is my co-host he's back for a friday edition he is the man of the hour and the man with the power jerry sinclair how are you doing buddy I am doing good. Listen, I used to take improv classes when I was in high school because I didn't really like doing my homework and it was easy to just bull crap. Uh, they always said, don't deny whenever you were in a scene. So I'm not going to deny you and say that I'm not number one. But Randy, you, sir, are number one of this show. Uh, I, I, I did a little uh, research. You ever heard of the Groundlings? No. They're an improv troupe in Los Angeles. They've had famous alumni like uh, Adam Carolla. And I actually heard him talking about this on a podcast one time. And he was, at this particular troupe, they're, they're taught to go, yes, and. Like, you never close the, the bit. So, trying to do a better job of going yes, and with you, Jerry. How about that? Well, you're going to have to. Well, tonight's topic, as you know, we're going to go a little three-team parlay. Tonight, we have the Atlanta Falcons, the New England Patriots, and the Pittsburgh Steelers, we're going to get into that in just one second. want to make sure to let you know that if you're listening to this on Friday, or even not Friday, you can go over to the Dynasty Happy Hour. Just go to your podcast uh, player, whatever you use, put in Dynasty Happy Hour, and you'll notice that this past Friday, we dropped another episode up to number eight, eight weeks in a row over there at the Dynasty Happy Hour contractor. That's where I make you the listener, my co-host. I give the man of the hour, the man with the power, Jerry Sinclair. We give him the day off. I jump on someone else's podcast podcast feed. That Again, that's the Dynasty Happy Hour feed. And we go over your roster. Sometimes they're good. Sometimes they're bad. Sometimes they're in between. But 
it's it's a lot of fun over there, and we're working on making Dynasty players better. Uh, just a just a heads up, these three team parlays have ran a little long at times, upwards of a an hour and fifteen ish, but but we're doing good. Uh, we'll keep this up. Remember, we're not going division by division. We're gonna go by points scored. And we're just going to spin it around the league. By the way, Jerry, do you do you know how many reviews we've had since Wednesday? In, in, in literally, basically, 48 hours. How many in 48 hours? Cut the eight off of. We've had four. Two of, okay. those were, two of those were on iTunes. Two of those were on other podcast platforms. All four matter a ton. Up to 140 total. And, guys, that is the biggest way to support Jerry and I uh, really outside the Patreon. I mean, it's free. It costs you nothing, as I always like to say, because your safety is important to me. Your dynasty roster, equally important to me, but your safety, also important. So if you're not driving a car, operating a tractor, or any kind of heavy machinery, why don't you hit pause for just a second, go in there, subscribe, subscribing's good, and leave us that old five-star. You can even leave some comments. Uh, And if it's not a five-star, it is what it is. We appreciate your feedback because Jerry and I are looking to make this thing better. Uh, the Patreon. Uh, again, we continue to add several people each and every week. Jerry, we just started our third Patreon league. Yeah, in not a very long period of time, to say the least. I And listen, so we, we had a few guys join. And, you know, everyone was like, oh, yeah, I wanted another league, but let's give the, the rookies a chance to go. And I was like, okay, if they don't fill it, you know, I'll, I'll jump in. I checked the messages, I don't know, an hour and a half later. Randy's already drafting in it. Okay. All right. I see I see what y'all are doing. It's fine. Well, so far I'm in one and three, and I think you're in one and two. And and it seems like every week we, we have uh Jerry, you're not quite the comic book fan I was back in the day, but you ever heard of the Sinister Six? I, I have not. I am it, not a comic book guy. It was a, a list of bad guys that Spider Man dealt with. We have like the original six in the Patreon League. It's Dale, it's Kane, uh, and, and uh, Pat. Josh, don't don't leave the homie Josh out now. Yeah, Zach. You know the, the, these original six. It's like as soon as we get uh, about once a once or every other week or so. Once a week, every other week. It's like as soon as we get it, like enough new blood, they're like, let's do another Patreon league. It's been great. Um, they're not super expensive, but the uh, I, I haven't really mentioned this, but everybody reaches out to me if I'm not in the league and like, hey, what would you do here? And what do you think? And I'm like, guys, I hate doing this. I mean, I'm doing it because that's my job. But everybody's like, hey, what do you think? What would you do here? I mean, it, it's incredibly interactive and a lot of fun. So if you're interested in what we're doing over there, it's as simple as going to patreon.com forward slash Dynasty Warzone. Uh, Jerry, I would say the group chat's the biggest benefit. Uh, I would definitely say it is the most active. We have talked about the GOAT chat a lot in our time doing this show together. And there is without question no possible way that I ever fathomed anything would surpass it in the amount of interaction. Randy, it's not even close anymore. It's it's really not. As we continue to add new members to the Patreon group chat, it just it's awesome. It's awesome and, and the inclusion is pretty dope. So if you're interested again, patreon.com forward slash dynasty Warzone. If you're not into social media and you're not willing or able, and that's cool too, to jump into a Patreon, there are lots of ways to get a hold of us if, if you have some questions. One couple of interactions I've had a lot of fun with the past couple of weeks. I had a young man named Lucas reach out to me via DMs 
on Instagram over at, at Dynasty Warzone on Instagram. Uh, helped him with a couple of questions as he was leading up to a startup. Had another gentleman named Michael reach out to me from Australia uh, via the email that we have for the show, which is dynastywarzone at gmail.com. You can also find us at Dynasty Warzone on Twitter, as well as at DFF Memphis and at Jerry Sin DWZ. Uh, we slide around all those handles and we get to everything as fast as we can, don't we, Jerry? That is a fact, my friend. It is indeed. So, Jerry, let's roll into this. Do you want to start with the, uh, the, the, the good, the bad, or the ugly? Let us start with the top. Let's switch it up. Start at the top. Now, now th- this is the team that could start at the top and go to the bottom. You know, as the old saying goes, from the penthouse to the outhouse in 2019 to 2020. Jerry, we're talk about the New England Patriots. Now, what, what do you think of what comes to your mind when you hear 2020 New England Patriots? Uh, God, I hope they fail miserably and everything burns to the ground and I get to watch Bill Belichick cry. Not going to happen. Not even once. I agree because Bill Belichick is the best damn coach that this stupid league has ever seen. I don't know. It's interesting. And it it makes me want to do stupid things. That's what the New England Patriots in 2020 make me want to do. Because I have been grabbing Sony Michelle more times and more spots than I have ever, ever wanted to do because I am just not the biggest fan of him. But I really feel like that team could struggle and they might lean on the run game a little bit. And I think he could be a beneficiary of that. Um, I don't love Jarrett Stidham. We've talked about him a little bit. He's got a little wiggle in his game. He, he's got some Josh Allen to him. He can... He can scramble for 12 yards every once in a while. He's not he's not a tree stump back there. It's I don't know how much he's going to benefit everybody else. Do I think Nikhil Harry is now that Tom Brady's gone and Jarrett Stidham's in there is now now is the time that Nikhil Harry's gonna blow up? No. I really don't. And I, I'm pretty sure you feel the same way about that. Talk to me. Talk to me. Because I know you like different guys than I do, and I know you'll probably give me a little heat for Sonny Michelle, and I understand it. I try. Believe me, I do. Because it, it feels weird. It, it it doesn't feel like words coming out of my mouth. It feels like vomit when I when I say that I want Sonny Michelle in 2020. Well, let, let's uh, let's start from the top. Let's let's talk about their stats in 2019. So this team was third in the entire league in total plays on the offensive side of the ball. They had 1,095, so just a shade under 1,100 total plays. But they were 15th in total yards, which that, that's a pretty big gap. You know, when you see third in total plays, but 15th toward the middle of the pack in total yards with a 5660, uh, that, that's an interesting one. From pass attempt standpoint, they were fifth in pass attempts with 620. They were eighth in pass yards with just a shade under 4,000, 3960. Now, here, here's where it gets interesting, Jerry, and this is where I'm concerned about your love of Sony Michelle. So this team was ninth in rush attempts last year. It probably, probably baffles you, doesn't it? Because Tom Brady's yeah. not like he's a rushing QB. Correct. So this team was ninth in rush attempts with 447. To put that in perspective, a lot of teams and a lot of analysts consider the Colts a rush first team. This Patriots team only had 24 less rush attempts than the Colts last year, but they were 18th in total rush yards. That's gross. So your top 10 in rush attempts, 
you're below the league average in rushing yards. That's a that's a tad scary to me, Jerry. That uh, that's not scary. That's ugly. That's that that's that vomit that's coming back up. Well, we're we're gonna get to that. So who's new? Uh, Jarrett Siddham's not new. He was on the roster last year. This is his second team in the offense and with the team. Uh, they drafted two tight ends. They drafted Devin Asi-Asi and Dalton Keene, uh, as well as Jeff Thomas. And they brought in Demir Bird via free agency. I don't know how excited I am for Mr. Bird. Uh, who's gone? Philip Dorsett. Ben Watson. Uh, they had their fullback, James Devlin, retire. Now, I didn't mention the, the, the who's new. Uh, Derek Watt. Derek Watt was brought over. Uh, I'm sorry, that may have that on the on the wrong team. They did bring in a new. Maybe it was Vitali. I will get, get to that before we get going. Um, and Tom Brady. Have you ever heard of Tom Brady? Um, a few years ago, I did. Yeah. So Tom Brady uh, was our number one off-season move. Um, whether it be free agency, draft, trade, whatever. We we. A lot of impact. A couple of teams, a lot of players. Uh, so, Jerry, let's just get right into this. You've already mentioned Jarrett Stidham. Um, let's just start with the QB position. Some okay. people some people think Hoyer may be the starter. I don't think so. Uh, this is a team that could have signed Cam Newton, could have traded for Andy Dalton, could have done a lot of different things at the quarterback position. But all reports out of Boston, out of New England, is that Stidham is going to be the QB. So is he a stock up, stock down, or stock hold? Uh, I think he's a hold because I think he's going to be relevant. And if you have him, you likely got him for pretty cheap. Uh, I can't imagine you really paid that much for the dude because not a ton of people think he's going to be the guy long term. But I don't think he's going to be half bad. If there's anything we've seen from Bill Belichick, it's that he puts quarterbacks in good situations. Matt Castle got paid. Matt Castle got paid like he was going to be the starter until they got Russell Wilson. It's, uh, it's, Bill Belichick is just good at what he does. There's no other way I can put it. He takes the words from my mouth, and I really think he's going to be efficient. I think he's going to do well enough. I think he's going to be one of these Jimmy G's, and I think some bad organization will probably come after him if they do decide to go a different route. And we'll see sort of the same result. I think, I think you got to hold on to him because you just you got to see what he does. What what are you gonna? Do? I mean, I, you could sell him too if you, you're really. I think it's a sell or a hold depending what your situation is. Uh, he's he's actually uh, just a hold for me. P- part of my brain wants to buy him. Part of my brain wants to sell him. I think I'd just rather hang on. I think if you got Jared Stidham, you probably drafted him last year late. Probably the same place where you drafted like a like an Eason this year, like a that yep. type guy, like late mm-hmm. third, early fourth in a super flex draft. He didn't cost you anything. And it's a gamble I would rather rather take unless someone knocks my socks off. If you get a team that gets a QB injury and maybe they come snooping, but I would much rather see what uh, Josh McDaniels can do with this offense because Josh McDaniels – to his credit, is an offensive chameleon. He's really always taken the talent. Now, in fairness, he's had Tom Brady, so how good is he? But, you know, is it is it two wide receiver sets? Is it three wide receiver sets? Is it, you know, power run the football? That's a pretty versatile uh, scheme. And they, and they can adapt week to week. 
So always been fascinated there. So for me, he's a whole. Let's get into this backfield now. There are three guys. So I'll go first. You got Sony. Uh, you got Damian Harris and James White. For me, Sony is a sell. If you have a sucker, I mean a guy like Jerry who's into buying him, <laughs> you know, sell him. He, I, I am happy to be out of the Sony Michelle business. Uh, James White is a hold. You know, part of James White's allure and his appeal is that he's a PPR guy. As we've said many times, and we always credit uh, Graham Barfield and Scott Barrett, that a target is worth 2.8 times as much as a rush attempt. And that's always been what's, uh, what's carried the value of James White. But I don't know if Jarrett Stidham's going to be a checkdown guy or if he's going to be like a, like a Daniel Jones. You know, it's no mystery that Saquon Barkley's targets per game went down by two targets per game when Daniel Jones became the starter versus old man Eli. Tom Brady wasn't running nowhere. He wasn't running to the store. He wasn't running out of the backfield. He was going to check it down or throw it away because he wasn't getting hit. So for me, James White's a hold. If you're using him as like an RB3 flex type on bye weeks, cool. Uh, and then Damian Harris. He's probably the cheapest one. I've actually bought a couple of shares. I, I, I think if this team's going to be a run-the-ball, play-defense team, you you got to do... Uh, you got to see what you got in Damian Harris. So he was a guy that a lot of us in the dynasty industry were very high on last year around this time. And for whatever reason, he didn't see the field much. So Jerry, where are you at with these running backs? Uh, well, I already mentioned where I'm at with Sony Michelle and it's the problem is the prices. Everybody wants to kill him. And I get it. I get, I get it. He was drafted potentially 103, 104 in a lot of leagues. And now he's in the 10th round of a startup draft which is where I got him in the Patreon startup. That's why I like Sony Michelle is because he's a 10th round value. I'm getting him. I took him one spot before Damian Williams and Deontay Johnson and those sorts of guys went. So I I'll take that. Uh, James White scares me. You know, Tom Brady was starting to lose that arm and Tom Brady was efficient. He didn't do stupid things. He tried to get whatever he could get. And James White was that guy. And he was good. So it scares me. Um, I, I don't know if you're super excited about any of them, but honestly, when have you really been super excited about any Patriots running back? Corey Every, Dillon. It was Corey yeah, Dillon many, many yeah, moons ago. I, I was in high school when Corey Dillon played, and I am in my 30s. Um, yeah, I mean, LeGarrette Blunt had 18 touchdowns, but people didn't expect that to happen. No, we're, we're on the same page. Uh, the, the wide receiver position, there are three guys I, I listed here. you got Muhammad Sanu, uh, Enkeel Harry, and Edelman. I'll, I'll just kind of cover them like this. Jerry, you ever like drive through your neighborhood and someone puts like a, maybe like a dresser or an old barbecue grill out in front of the house and it says free? Randy, we, uh, we recorded our most recent show, and I told you I lived out in the boonies. Yes. Yes, I know all about hillbilly garage trash out by the door. Hey, man. Out by the, the mailbox. Free to a good home. I think that's kind of what, what Muhammad Sanu is. Uh, you can't sell something that doesn't have a whole lot of value. So if he's on your roster, I, I, I think he's still a good player. He's not super young. I think he's right around 30, 31. But you can't give him away. I don't know that I'm buying in Keel Harry because there's been so much of a groundswell for everybody in Twitter and the dynasty 
analyst or wannabe analyst world that, you know, everybody's like, hey, you know, Inkel Harry's going to be a buy. You know, I was on that train back in January, and now that the train's gotten full, uh, I'm kind of ready to go the other direction. And then Julian Edelman, he's one of those guys, he's like a T.Y. Hilton, a Larry Fitzgerald. He's going to be worth more on your actual roster than you would get in trade for him, especially his age. I kind of look at Ju- Julian Edelman's shares as a thing that I am more than happy to just let age out on my on my roster and let him retire. So uh, that's where I'm at. Jerry, where are you at with the wide receiver core? Pretty much exactly where you are. I <sighs> Nikhil Harry, man. This dude, I feel like this is going to be the dude that we are going to be stuck talking about until, you know, the the whole world explodes. I don't really care about Nikhil Harry. The only reason I even slightly cared about him last year was because he had first-round draft capital and he had Tom Brady as his quarterback, and we got to see him a little bit and nothing. And now Tom Brady, greatest quarterback of all time, is gone, and he's replaced by a fourth-rounder from Auburn. Um, I don't know. That just... That doesn't tickle my fancy at all. Julian Edelman, I think you're right. You're just, I, I don't think you're going to be able to trade him for anything that's that much of value. So you're just sort of stuck with him. And I think you should probably be happy. He's sort of to the point where he's like Golden Tate. Like there's going to be times where he's pretty good. And when you watch him play, you're going to be like, oh yeah, this guy can still play. But when you check a fantasy roster, you're just not going to see the points because he's just not in a situation that's conducive to him. So I don't, I don't love any of them. I uh, honestly, it's ironic that I said, let's start at the top with this offense. And these are the type of guys we're talking about. Yeah. We'll, we'll briefly touch on the, the rookie tight end. So the two rookie tight ends they brought in were again, Devin Asi Asi and Dalton Keene from all the research that I've done. Dalton Keene's really more of your classic inline blocking tight end. I don't know how much uh, he'll be out on pass patterns and Aussie Aussie though I, I I've got some interest he's just the kind of guy if if I got him in a rookie draft or if you haven't got uh, your rookie draft going yet especially in tight end premium uh, throw his name in some search engines man you'll see some draft network and some sports illustrated stuff that really talk this kid up so to me I kind of look at him as like a project I draft him I get him down on my taxi squad and I'm just gonna leave him there I have no intent most of my leagues I should not be counting on a guy that I'm drafting in the third round of my rookie draft to become my starting tight end. I just, you know, put him down there, see what happens, and if uh, he doesn't do anything going into 2022, I'll cut him in favor of someone else, Jerry. That's how taxi squads work. And listen, if the, I have been a pretty big opponent of taxis over the our time doing this show, but Asi Asi is a perfect example of someone who should go on a taxi squad for exactly the same reason you just said because and listen i i've been taking some shots it's like you know when mark andrews came out you know he got he was the second tight end drafted uh of the ravens behind uh homeboy in atlanta hayden hurst you know he you got to take shots on tight ends like that and if he if he's gonna you know hit you'll find out pretty quick if not like you said see you homie See you, homie, indeed. Uh, coaching staff changes, nothing major. Uncle Bill's still the head coach. Josh McDaniel, again, as an indie fan, I kind of see Josh McDaniel as a turd. But, <laughs> you know, he, he is a damn good football coach. I don't think he's a head coach. I think 
I give Josh McDaniel credit. He's either A, waiting until Uncle Bill retires and he's going to take that job, or B, he realizes that if he does not have success with his next head coaching venture, he's going to be a lifetime coordinator. And you know what? It's been said that a guy who knows what he doesn't know knows a lot. And to know yourself is a good thing. And if Josh McDaniel's like, man, I, I just don't have the tools to be an A-plus head coach, but I can stay here in New England and be an A-plus coordinator, good for him. Uh, self-awareness is huge in this world, not just in Dynasty. So I, I, I think they'll whip something up, man. Uh, if, if I had to put some chips on a, on a team to be able to pull through this whole COVID weird, awkward season, uh, the one thing, I, and uh, I buried the lead, New England was our team in the top 11 because they were seventh in scoring last year. They scored 26.3 total points per game. Again, that was good for seventh in the NFL. But where am I at on this offense, up, down, or neutral? I mean, it has to be down. I, I see this team playing a lot of defense. I see this team pounding the ball. Uh, I could see both Sony and De uh, Damian Harris being of value. Um, Damian Harris is the kind of guy that if you're doing best balls right now, MFL 10s, certainly uh, worth throwing on the way back into your roster. Jerry, where are you at, up, down, or neutral? Got to be down. I, for every reason you just said, here's, here's my next question though. Who's getting more wins, the Patriots or the Buccaneers? Man. Uh, are you a Billy guy or are you a Tommy guy? I, I I'm a realist. Um, it's kind of like people ask me if I'm a Republican or a Democrat and I'm like, it doesn't really matter. Uh, but this thing right here, um, man, I, I, I'm in the middle. I, I'm going to lean new England and I'm going to tell you why the quarterback play within the division. I like Josh Allen for dynasty and fantasy football. I don't know that he translates to a lot of wins. Uh, I think we all want Sam Darnold to be something. But if you look at his first two years, he's much more comparable to a Case Keenum than he ever would be like an Andrew Luck type. And then that, that leaves you some combination of the bearded beauty down there in Miami with Fitzmagic or Tua. The, the, the quarterbacks in this division, if you told me three years from now that, that, that New England had the worst one, fine, I'll buy it. But I'm looking at a guy that I'm not 100% sold on from an NFL standpoint and two guys that have not really done a ton. So it wouldn't surprise me if this team finished like 9-7, and 10-6 and six with a lot of good defense and they won the division again. And, you know, in the, NFC, yeah, in the NFC South, uh, Tom Brady, I mean, look at the quarterbacks there. You've got Drew Brees, you got Matt Ryan. We're going to talk about him in just a minute. And then I don't hate Teddy Bridgewater in that Matt Rule offense. I mean, if, if I told you that Tampa Bay went 3-3 three and three in that division, would you be shocked? No, absolutely not. And they, they, and they play like a, a Green Bay and Minnesota. It's not, it's, not a great, it's not a great schedule for the Buccaneers. And I know Tom Brady's working with these guys down in Tampa. I, if I had to bet it, and I was getting good odds because – from a Vegas perspective, Tampa Bay right now is such a public team. If I could get some good odds, like if I was getting two to one on the money, I could probably get more, like three to one on the money. Like I bet a hundred to win three. Man, I I would have to consider that in, in a straight up bet. But uh, you want to go to this uh, this middle? You want to be stuck in the middle with me, or do you want to go to the bottom? Started from the bottom. Now we're here. Stuck in the middle with you, and I'm stuck in the middle with Jerry. All right. Uh, let's go to Hotlanta, man. Yeah, it's always going to be Hotlanta to me. This team finished 13th in scoring in 2019. They scored just a tick under 24 points a game. That's 23.8. 
from a total play standpoint, they were 13th in total, excuse me, third in, in total plays with 1,096. And they were fifth in total yards with uh, just over 6,000, 6,075. Uh, this was the team that led the league in pass attempts, 684, third in total passing yards with 4,700. Uh, but here comes the Achilles heel. Now, this team finished 29th in rush attempts with 362. To put that in perspective, the league average was 418. So not only were they not close, they were you know more than 10% below the league average. And they were 30th in total rushing yards with 1361. Who's new for the most part? A couple of guys, maybe you heard of them, a couple of first rounders. Uh, Todd Gurley uh, coming over from L.A. And then Hayden Hurst, former first-round pick of Baltimore, got traded there. It was uh, Hayden Hurst in a fourth, I believe. And the Falcons sent back a second and a fifth. And who's gone? Devonta Freeman. He's currently jobless. He's like a lot of other Americans right now, unfortunately. And then you go to Austin Hooper. He signed a very lucrative deal in the land, a.k.a. Cleveland. Jerry, what are your thoughts on these new additions? And uh, we'll go into stock up and stock down in just a second. I think they did a good job. I, I think you, when you got rid of Hooper, you got someone that's comparable. I, you know, we, we haven't really seen what he can do in Baltimore. But I think given a such a profitable situation for the tight end position with Matt Ryan in Atlanta, I think Hayden Hurst guys that really thrives and really does take that Austin Hooper type of role uh, of, you know, production. So I think that was a good move. Like you said, what did you say? 20, 29th in rushing attempts and 30, 30th in rushing yards. I mean. Not good, Jerry. Not good. Not good at all. I mean, that's that's Lions joke Bell a few years ago. No, thank you. And, but I think Todd Gurley can help it. And listen, we're going to, Todd Gurley's got 40-year-old knees. All right, I get it. He's still playing. He's still Todd Gurley. He's still pretty good. He's going to be so much better than what they had last year. He he doesn't need to be Todd Gurley 2018 to improve this offense. So I, I think they did a good job. I think this was a pretty good offseason for them now. It's Matt Ryan and Matthew Stafford are both the same type of guys. You're going to have to have a good season. He's, you know, you got to rely on him to be successful. So that that is yet to be seen, whether they actually put it all together and do it like they did when they went all the way to the Super Bowl and choked on applesauce. But they got a shot to be pretty good, and they did a good job replacing the holes that they lost and or just didn't have because Devonta Freeman was broken. All right, let's do that thing. Stock up, stock down, or a hold with uh, Matty Ryan. Matty Ice. I think he's still just a hold because if you like Matt Ryan, you like Matt Ryan. And then there's just the people that just don't want anything to do with him. He's he's in that bunch of like Kirk Cousins. Like People love to hate Kirk Cousins, and he'll just keep throwing 30 touchdowns with 10 interceptions and just helping – fantasy teams that's sort of what matt ryan is so i i think he's a hold i i he's gonna be there so if you need a quarterback i guess i could see you going for it but if you have him it's probably because you're the guy in the league that likes matt ryan and you're not gonna just sell short on the dude 
Jerry, do you know what I like? Oh, boy. I like fantasy points. That's how you win fantasy games. When you play in the head-to-head. Okay, I wasn't sure where it was going. Okay, we're staying on the tracks today. Got it. Jerry, this is a family dynasty podcast, darn it. Uh, I haven't even invoked my one swear word yet. But Matt Ryan, all this guy has done since 2011, okay? Since 2011, all Matt Ryan has done is thrown for 4,000 or more yards every single game. I'm not me, every single game, every single year. Would be cool. It would be, be great if he could throw 4,000 yards in a, in a, in a given game. But 4,000 yards every single year. He's thrown at least 20 touchdowns every year since 2011. That's not quite a decade of awesomeness. And people just don't like this guy. I have Matt Ryan as a dynasty hold or buy. Why is he a buy? He's only 34, 35 years old. And I think he's still going to have, you know, three, maybe four good years left. He plays in a dome. He doesn't take a ton of beating. He's not a mobile guy. Uh, Julio's under contract for a couple more years. We all think Calvin Ridley's ascending. They continue to bring in talent to try and prop this offense up. I don't know how you could not want to buy Matt Ryan uh, vastly underrated from my perspective i think we like to give the other matt all the underrated love and that's matthew stafford but i think this matt is pretty underrated as well uh and and he's got like one season highs of like 38 touchdowns i mean who doesn't want a quarterback that's that's going to give you a floor a floor of 4100 yards and 20 touchdowns with the upside of 4938 touchdowns that's a that's a buy all day long. So I, I, I like Matt Ryan, especially where I think you can get him. Uh, from the running back position, uh, Todd Gurley. He, I don't want any Todd Gurley. Uh, running backs on their second contract, their second team, uh, he could be fine. Uh, I don't think this hard surface and the artificial turf is great for him. I just don't see it. I think Todd, Todd Gurley's RB14 season last year in PPR – was buoyed by the 14 rushing touchdowns that he had. And I don't see anyone getting 14 rushing touchdowns in Hotlanta. I really don't. Maybe eight. I think the touchdowns come back. He's a guy that if I can sell him being on a high-powered offense, if I could say, hey, man, this team was uh, third in total plays last year. Uh, this, you know, Matt Ryan, he throws all these touchdowns. It's a good offense. If I can get out of the, uh, out of the Todd Gurley business, I'm in. And you know what? I've been getting cheap Edo Smith. He's not a horrible running back. I think Brian Hill and Quadre Allison suck. That's right. Write that down, Derek. Jerry, you got your pencil? Yeah, I got R- it. Write I'm that down. I'm a pen down. guy, but yeah, I got it. Okay, get, get, get your ink stick and write down Quadre Olison, Brian Hill, comma, suck. I would much rather have Edo Smith, man. He's cheap. I got him for $5 in fab in a couple of leagues. Thank you. I will take all of the cheap Edo Smith because... I, I think the guy can play a little bit of football. I don't think he is as much of a suck as the other two. So where are you at on this backfield? You buying, you selling, you with me on Smith? Gurley, what's up? I am definitely with you on Smith because Todd Gurley has a bit of a knee injury issue. I don't know if many people have heard about it, but in the event that something happens, which is, ready, degenerative knee issue, entirely possible, Ito Smith's going to be in a good position. So I 100% am behind you on that. As far as Todd Gurley, I don't... It's weird because if you if you want to pay one-year Todd Gurley prices for him, 
I don't think you're going to do too bad because I don't think he's going to be super expensive because the narrative is so bad around him. Now, don't expect that this is going to be a resurgence and this is going to be the second wave of Todd Gurley's career. I am not saying that. I don't believe that for one iota. I hope I'm wrong. I hope Todd Gurley shuts me the hell up. But if I'm trying to win and I'm in a bad running back position, maybe I have a plethora of other guys in other positions on my teams. I'll take a shot at him. I'm not, you know, he's not going to be the deciding piece that gets me over the top. But if I need a guy that's solid, you know, you know who he sort of reminds me of, Randy, value wise and production wise. No clue. Jerry, going inside your head's a place I typically don't want to venture. And that is probably the best thing you've ever said. It's a guy that you like to call David Montgomery. And I feel like that's sort of what Todd Gurley's going to be. He's going to be a guy that gets a good majority of the workload. He's probably not going to be all that efficient, but just the volume that he's going to get is going to give him some sort of value. I sort of see him in that aspect. So (sighs) compared to what Todd Gurley has been, that's a stock down for sure. But for what the perception around him is, I think he's, Probably just a hold if you got him. I mean, if you can sell him for that guy that, you know, Todd Gurley won him a championship in 2018 and 2017, by all means, that would be a brilliant move. But if you're stuck with him, don't sell him for nickels. I think I'll just ride Todd Gurley out and just let him be because I don't want to get nothing for him. And I think he's still capable of having like a 900-yard, 1,000-yard season with, like you said, like eight touchdowns. And that and that's good enough. That's good enough to just be okay. All right. Well, I'll tell you who's not okay. Uh, I've even heard him comped to 2020s Chris Godwin. And that's Calvin Ridley. Um, this guy's got all the steam right now. Uh, he's a hold creeping up on a sell territory for me. Uh, he's getting a lot of smoke, and I, I, I'm not sure. He's a guy, who though, who did average 15.1. PPR points last year. He didn't play the entire season. Uh, at some point, the the thought is is he'll take the mantle from Julio. Uh, Julio for me, he's like a souped up version of what I said about Julian Edelman. No one's ever going to give you what he's really worth, and I think I would just much rather have him. Uh, you may have to lower your sights a little bit if you're not a legit contender, uh, but but his contract tells me he's going to be around for a while, and if he ever converts from what he is now to like that Larry Fitzgerald role. There's no reason to think that Julio won't be living out the rest of this contract. So Jerry, what about you with these wide receivers? Well, you know, I've been a Calvin Ridley guy coming into the season. He was my guy. Like Juju is my guy this year. Ridley was my guy last year. God, I hope the Juju works out better than Ridley did. I think he has creeped into a cell for me. I don't think you are wrong to suggest that. We're talking about a guy that has he he gets touchdowns, and that's the good news. That's the one resounding thing that lasts, and it can just give you that little bit of hope that he's going to explode. But we're talking about a dude that hasn't had 1,000-yard seasons, and he's been a starter. He's been playing every single game. And like you said, I am not certain that Julio Jones is just going off into the sunset. 
He's not getting on his horse with his shiny six shooters and his big hat and he's getting out of here or he's getting on his jet ski and losing his $30,000 earrings in a lake. I don't think, I mean, that already happened, but I don't think he's going to just ride off like that. I think Julio Jones is sticking around. I, I When Calvin Ridley came into this league, I was one of the guys that said, Julio's going to retire soon and he's going to be the guy and it's going to be fantastic. And three years later, I, I think I was wrong. Julio's just Julio's a dog. Julio can just keep playing because he's Julio. He's a big man. He just dominates people. And I think he wants to get a ring. He he got so close and he could taste it. And he had the catch to keep it going. And then they really choked on applesauce. Sorry to bring that up, Falcons fans. But I don't know. I it, Calvin Ridley's a sell for me. What would you take in a dynasty league right now? What do you mean, like a pick or a player or Com- combination of both? If if I came to you today and I said, Jerry, I would like to buy your your Calvin Ridley share. What what are you looking to acquire? Uh, let's say I'm looking at one of I w- I would like a comparable wide receiver that maybe the perception is not as good on. I would like DK Metcalf over Calvin Ridley. The hell you say? You would take yeah. DK, you take DK. Okay, I mean I'm not saying you're wrong. D, DK could be a monster. I, I just I, I think I like the perceived volume, especially with Austin Hooper out of the way. Um, we didn't mention Russell Gage. If he's free or just floating around your waiver wire out there, uh, someone I firmly recommend you going out and buying. So um, tight end Hayden Hurst, Jerry. He's a stock up, stock down hold. I think he's stock up because he didn't really have much stock. I think he, you know, he got drafted in the first round at 25 or whatever he was. He was old when he, when he came out and that didn't work out. Sorry, Baltimore, get on the bus, drive South, go to Atlanta, get out. Hopefully he can show up. I think he's stock up. I, I like what Matt Ryan has done with Austin Hooper. You were, at the front of the choo-choo train for Austin Hooper, and I was right there just shoveling coal in for you just so we could get the train rolling. And I think I think Matt Ryan had a lot to do with that. And I really I'm looking forward to Hayden Hurst. What about you? You are are you in on this? Are you are pull some coal for me, or is that just that's out of the question? Uh, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna miss the first the first wave of of Hayden Hurst. I don't have any shares. So you're sitting in the luxury car with the, the the booze cart? Yeah, I'm back there. I'm uh I'm I'm cruising and boozing, man. I, I, I don't know. I, I, I think there's more to just showing up and saying, Hey, I'm the guy who's the new Austin Hooper. No, oh, yeah, that's fair. Now I did say someone see someone post on Twitter the other day. They had went into uh playerprofiler.com and they had screenshot Austin Hooper's athletic measurables and they screenshot Hayden Hurst and they're eerily similar but i i think there's a chemistry i think there's a dependency i think there's a thing and you know i i, I like hayden hurst I, I i liked him more coming out to be honest than i did when he was a uh a rookie than he than he has been as a player i mean here's a guy he played 12 games as a rookie he played uh, he did he did suit up for all 16 with only four starts last year. So the guys played 28 career games and on play um, pro football reference he's listed as four career starts. You know, I would much rather in a deep dynasty league go looking on the waiver wire for a guy named Jaden Graham. Jaden Graham had a little flash, a little pop uh, in the games that Austin Hooper missed last year with his MCL. 
and nothing against Hayden Hurst, but kind of like uh, a lot of guys, he's starting to get that jetpack. And when people slap that jetpack on someone's back, it becomes too uh, too risky of a buy. I, I never hate a speculative buy. That's part of what we do. But when it goes from speculative at a cheap cost to speculative at retail plus, I can't do that, man. I, I can't pay street value for a, a guy like Hayden Hurst without ever seeing it. A guy with, if, four, if, with four stars. If you wouldn't have defended that so well, I was just on the verge of calling you a hipster. It got too popular, so you had to bail on it. But that was a, that was a good defense. If this was a dissertation defense, I think you would have convinced him. All right. No, I, I don't drink IPA beer. Uh, I referenced it on the Wednesday show. I drink bourbon. Uh, I'll have wild turkey, a 151 neat. I don't uh, got the chest hair for that nonsense. That's probably true. Uh, I wouldn't mind getting my hands on some Pappy Van Weekle. But overall, coaching staff changes. Uh, the, the coaching staff saved their ass by... Uh, moving some people around. Dan Quinn stopped calling defensive plays and handed that off. Dirk Cutter is still the OC. I, I like continuity. Uh, teams that have existing head coaches and uh, offensive coordinators and quarterbacks uh, have a lot better off. So if you go back to the holdout of 2011, I don't remember all the stats, but I always reference the show because I'm not the person who steals someone else's A research or thought concept. And it was the R.J. Bell Dream Preview. Just put in R.J. Bell Dream Preview in your pod queue. You'll find it. And they covered this on last week's show. Uh, going, they, they were pulling stats from the 2011 uh, holdout season where they didn't have any camp and they didn't know what was going on. And I found it fascinating. So I, I, like, the, I like the fact that the whole coaching staff's coming back. As far as the offensive up, down, or neutral, I mean, it's hard to get better than third and total plays and – Maybe the running game can get a little bit better. So I'm going to say it's neutral. Uh, maybe a tick up, but I, I'm just going to go neutral. I feel very comfortable with neutral, Jerry. I, you know, I don't have anything profound to add to that. I think that is that is about as chalk as we could be, my friend. Ah, uh, the good old chalk. Well, hey, let, let's get to another team. Now, now, if this team and New England flip-flopped, and by that I mean if the, we were doing this again next year, and we were to tell you that Pittsburgh was one of the uh, three or one of the teams that we would be doing that scored in the top third of the league versus this year, past year, where they finished at 27th overall in points per game. Jerry, a measly 18.1. Do you buy that? <laughs> that's <laughs> that's crazy. That's not good, Bob. Uh, no. No, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say that is really not good. For, for sure. So in total plays, the Pittsburgh Steelers with, you know, James Conner and Juju and, you know, even without Ben, 31st in total plays, 937, 30th in total yards, 4,428. They were 26th in total pass attempts. Shouldn't surprise you. You know, Tomlin is a good, is a good head coach. He's smart. He's like, you know, I'm going to try to hide Mason Rudolph. I'm going to try to hide Duck Hodges a little bit. Um, and he did. They only attempted 26 total passes, uh, 510, 31st. The only team to have less passing yards than the Steelers was the Redskins. Uh, they passed for just under 3,000 yards, 2981. Uh, total rush attempts was 21st uh, with 395, but 29th in total rush yards. So with James Conner missing time and turning it over to Jalen Samuel and Benny the Snell, 
they, you know, they, they rushed for 1,447 yards. Who's new? I put Ben question mark, as in Big Ben. Uh, Mountain Cornelius is back. He shaved the beard. Uh, a guy that I'm interested in, Antonio, um, excuse me, Anthony McFarlane, uh, Chase Claypool, Eric Ebron, and Derek Watt. So the fullback that I mentioned earlier for New England, it was Vitali, and Watt is here in Pittsburgh. Who's gone? No one of merit. I guess you could say Duck Hodges or Mason Rudolph's gone, but ain't nobody going to miss him. So, Jerry, where are you at with, uh, with, the, with these new guys here in the Berg? I promise you any of those people that have been on the choo-choo train for Juju are not going to miss Duck Hodges or Mason Rudolph. For the love of all that is good, don't do that to me again. I'm excited for Ben because when Ben plays, that offense just, it's a well-oiled machine, and it has been for over a decade. And it's fun, and this is a team that, you know, it's, it's sort of, you know, like a paper tiger of a bad offense. You know, it looks like a tiger, but then you get over and you push it over and it's actually not not this bad. It's only bad because of the Duck Hodges and the Mason Rudolph and James Conner went down and, you know, Benny Smell, Benny Snell and uh, no, what's, no, other, no, what's you, it? Jalen Samuels. There we go. To, you don't have to correct yourself. We can go with <laughs> we can go with Benny Smells. That's fine. Uh, I mean, totally I'll fine. take James Conner and Anthony McFarlane over them every damn day of the week uh and you know maybe deontay johnson can grow a little bit plus we got maybe james washington can do something juju's there i don't hate ebron i don't hate ebron there you know ben is not a guy that has usually gone to the tight end a ton and i don't think he's you know it's gonna be eric ebron with with andrew luck but i think it's gonna help pittsburgh I think they did lots of good things. And, you know, let's just hope that people can stay healthy and all that. But I I like the 2020 offseason for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, w- wasn't too bad. So let's get into the stock up, stock down, and uh, hold. Uh, with Ben, for me, in a super flex, Ben's a, Ben's a fine hold. And if you can find an, an, an owner desperate to sell... I don't mind, you know, buying Ben. You know, if, if I wouldn't be surprised if you could get him for a second, a 2021 second for Ben. Uh, they they may want more, but let's go back to Ben. Let's go back to 2013. Ben has thrown at least 3,800 yards and at least 21 touchdowns over that period. I mean, that that's a six-year sample from 2013 to 2018. Uh, and how high is up? He had two seasons in that six-year range where. Uh, he had 4,900 or more passing yards and 29 or more touchdowns three of those six years. Um, you know, with Randy Fickner as the OC, now they've only worked together in 2018 because Ben missed last year. In his one season with Fickner, 5,100 yards, 34 TDs. Now Antonio Brown was there, so there are some nuances, but I, I think Ben's fine. You know, we talked about this last week with uh, Philip Rivers. You know, what he brings to your roster is more than you're going to get in trade value with Ben. So I don't mind holding him. Uh, I'm not selling him unless I'm wowed because I, I'm going to reference this until you guys want to punch me in the face. 49 QBs started at least one game last year. If you're a non-contender, you're middle of the road and you want to sell Ben, it is your rightful duty as a dynasty owner to wait until that owner loses uh, a quarterback and that's when you sell Ben. 
desperation is a stinky cologne and, and, and one that we can attack. So, Jerry, where are you at with Ben? And then you can roll right into the backfield. No, I mean, that that's all the same. You know, we've all seen Ben Roethlisberger do this for so long. So I agree with you on every bit of it. That's that's looking at a two by four and telling someone it's a two by four. I, w- I want to hear you talk about the running backs first, if you don't mind, because I know you've you've got some Anthony McFarlane love in you. And I've got some James Conner love, so I want to hear your hatred for that. Your love for Anthony McFarlane will flip it when I get back. Sure. So for me, James Conner is a hold that will be a sell in about midseason, maybe week six. So James Conner has this perception of being injury prone, and he is. He's, he's missed many games. He's got a high injury risk as you own him. But I've said this before, that Big Ben, uh, I referenced the Andrew Luck situation. He's coming back from Tommy John surgery. Normally that's uh, related to pitchers in Major League Baseball and baseball in general. And I just don't see them, Big Ben, coming out there and whipping it around the yard 40, 50 times a game. This is a good defense. Uh, I think you just see a snazzed-up version of what they were trying to do last year with Duck and Mason early in the season. And they're going to lean on James Conner. And I really like Anthony McFarland. I've got Anthony McFarland everywhere now my james connor shares they are 100 percent for sale around week six i think he gets off to a booming start uh he's a, a fine guy for me in best balls and redrafts so for me he's a current hold with uh an option to sell here in a couple of months uh mcfarland is a stone buy man i got him uh, around the third the 301 ish and some super flex leagues give me, as my co-hosts love to say, give me all that smoke, give me all that Antonio. I'm excuse me, Anthony McFarland. Uh, you know, there's going to be some cap stuff we're going to talk about on next Wednesday's show, and I want running backs on rookie deals because this is a team that may have to try to figure out where's the juju money come from. James Conner's going to be a free agent next year. I don't see him coming back. Uh, give me all that uh, Anthony McFarlane. He is a buy, 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 sync style. Jerry, where are you at with these running backs? You did not just hit these poor people with sync. I can only hope that they are too young to not know that reference. Listen, I like the Anthony McFarlane tank. I think he's good. I think he's highly explosive. And to your credit, I also don't think James Conner is playing in Steel City come 2021. And like you said, I am also on board. I don't like to agree with you. It, it strokes his ego, people. I, I don't want to do that. But James Conner, I do think, is going to be highly successful. And I think he is going to explode exactly like you said. And I, once again, agree with you that you should sell him in the midseason. The reason I like James Conner so much is because it's popular to not like him. And for whatever damn reason, I always love running backs that people don't like. Hence, talking about Todd Gurley and James Conner today. But if he is productive, and if there's one thing that Ben Roethlisberger does when the team is losing and they need to get down the field, is he dink and dunks it to the running backs. He did it to James Conner. He did it to Le'Veon Bell. That's how Le'Veon Bell made his money. And if that does happen to James Conner and he just eats those fantasy points, the amount of profit you're going to make in a six, seven-week period is far more substantial than the person that went, I don't want James Conner. I don't like James Conner. 
I don't want to hear you anymore because it's the easiest way to profit. And what what happens if he doesn't? Okay, you don't have him for a ton of money. If, if the likelihood that let's say you drafted James Conner, when did you draft him in the second round? And then you got a good season out of him when he exploded, and then he was poop, and maybe you can get another shot at him. James Conner has never really been expensive, ever. Because at one point he was the backup to Le'Veon. Then he finally got the job, but it was right at the end of the season and Le'Veon was still going to potentially be there. And then Le'Veon left, he got his shot, and my man got hurt. So James Conner has never been one of these expensive running backs. He has the chance to turn an immense profit very quickly. I think that alone makes him a buy in the offseason, but you have to be smart about it and you have to understand that when he's scoring you these tons of fantasy points in the middle of the season commit to your damn plan commit to your strategy that's the problem is people go i'm gonna pick this guy up and i'm gonna sell him when he starts doing good and it's great and then he starts doing good and then you keep him until he stops doing good and that's so stupid buy james connor sell james connor when he does well i think the same exact thing can be said about leonard fournette too and we will eventually get there Yes, we will. Now, I want to get into one of the most interesting wide receiver rooms in the NFL. You've got Juju, who will be uh, in a contract year himself. Uh, Deontay, hype machine, Twitter bay. Everybody loves him right now. Johnson, James, the forgotten man, Washington, and then the rookie, Chase Claypool. Jerry, go around the horn. Buy, sell, hold. I love Juju. I uh, was super pissed off that Kyle from the fellows got him in the auction draft we just did. I didn't know any better. I would have bid a lot more. I love Juju. Juju is my clear cut number one buy this off season. It reminds me of the Deandre Hopkins with uh, what was that guy's name? What was that terrible quarterback's name in Houston? Brock, uh, Brock Osweiler. Yeah. The Brock lobster when he was with him and he just, crapped his pants and he had a horrible season and then very next year you know hopkins came out and tore it up i really think that's what we're looking at and juju i'm banking on it everywhere so if he's bad randy randy he's gonna be my new heck i'm gonna keep bringing it up how stupid that play was but i love juju and chase claypool is interesting so people wanted to call him a tight end because when you watch him he lumbers. He's, I believe you said on the last episode, the ever lumbering Zach Moss. That was a writer downer for me. I wrote that down. And that's sort of what Chase Claypool looks like when he plays. And then he went out there and ran a 4 4. And, you know, he's going to play wide receiver. He's not playing tight end. I think he has a real shot to be a different type of player than they have. And that will give him the possibility of an immediate role. So I like Chase Claypool a lot. I'm not in on Deontay Johnson. I think he's a talented guy. I just don't. I, I, I'm if I'm sort of a hipster. I don't really love IPAs. I'll drink them every once in a while, but I'm, I'm not. I don't. I don't buy it, Randy. And uh, he's going so much earlier than what he should. I just. I can't get behind it. James Washington. I don't. I mean, sorry, James Washington. You're like John Ross. You you know, you got drafted pretty early in a rookie draft and you've just never panned out and sorry, but it happens. So that that that's me. You what is what is what is Randy got on the polarizing Deontay Johnson and Juju? Well, I'm gonna start with Juju. We all like Juju. Uh there's been some Twitter pictures because for whatever reason, again, and I, I don't hate it. 
uh, people posting workout videos and selfies. I would much rather have that than that week-long stretch of arrests and DUIs and guns. And I, So I'm, I'm cool, man. Show, show me how swole you are. Show me that you're on the swole patrol. I can dig it the most. Uh, I'm a little bit concerned. He's, he's packed on a lot of muscle mass. Now, as long as he leans out a little bit before camp, because I just don't love it. You know, when, when players go all David Boston, there's a throwback for you. Um, but Juju for me is a hold. And if someone's willing to pay me market, and his market is a couple of firsts, uh, to be quite honest, uh, I would consider selling. Maybe I, if I could get – this was actually a question I got uh, at the uh, the Dynasty Warzone email handle, Dynasty Warzone at Gmail. I was asked, Juju or Terry McLaren – and, a, and what they said was a mid-2021 first. You can only guess there's only one way for me to go with that. I think the difference in points per game between Juju and Terry is not going to be so much that I wouldn't rather have Terry and that future asset. So Juju's a hold because I do think he's talented, but he could be on a whole new team next year. You know, again, we're going to get into the, ca the salary cap thing this coming Wednesday, and it's a must-listen show. Trust me. The construction of your roster depends on it. So Juju's a hold. And if you can get a fair price, I'm selling, but I'm not giving this man away. Deontay Johnson, man, I don't have. Uh, Jerry's more of the Johnson man on this team than me, but I'm not a Johnson, Deontay Johnson guy. Um, he's just too hype. He, he has got all the buzz. He is now worth, uh, we always reference the DTC, he's worth a first-round pick. Dab, so that's a I'm, I'm, criminal. I'm... I'm, I'm I, I, I'm with you. Now, it's a late first. I think he equals like the 111, if I remember correctly, somewhere in that neighborhood. I mean, with who I'm getting at the 111 this year, I, I think I'd much rather have, you know, the Justin Jefferson or Jalen Rager type wide receiver that I'm going to get there at the 111 in a super flex than I rather this guy. So, uh, for me, he would be a sell. Might as well cash out, you know. Uh, I think he was a third-round pick, He small school uh, we just mentioned Claypool, who I'll get to in a second. Uh, James Washington, he's a hold. He kind of like Marvin Sanu. Excuse me, um, uh, Muhammad Sanu. He's that grill, that burnt-out grill that's sitting on the front corner of your driveway with a free sign on there. He's not worth anything. So if I have a James Washington, I might as well keep him and see what his relationship with Ben looks like. And so why give him away? And then Chase Claypool. Chase Claypool's weird, man. He's weird. We wanted to turn him to a tight end, but he's not going to be a tight end. He's going to play on the outside. But his his tape is so much slower than his metrics of the combine. And Jerry, you know what happens if you look good in your underwear? You, you get that. <laughs> I <don't know>. Well, <laughs> I don't know where you're going with it. Just go with it. Uh, I, I, well, I wasn't going to go look great, get dates. That I wasn't going there. I was going to go with, you know, you, you show out in the metrics, whether you're explosive or you run fast, people are going to strap that rocket ship to your back and, and push you to the moon. I don't buy it. The guy I saw on tape was not very impressive. Eh, he, he's, a, he's a no for me. I, I, I find it so odd. Now, I, again, I know I'm in the minority, and this is, a, I think his name's Kevin Colbert, if I remember correctly, the GM. He's got a much better track record of hitting on wide receivers than I ever will especially at the pro level, but I, I I just don't see it, buddy. And then Ebron, Eric Ebron, he's a hold. I'm not buying. Two-year, $12 million deal. Don't hate it. They've been looking for the answer since uh, Heath Miller retired. 
Now, I think uh, Ebron's much more of a pass catcher than a blocker, but what I don't like about Ebron is he just kind of muddies that water over the middle. Uh, but good thing he drops everything. So Ebron's kind of kind of in the, in the Muhammad Sanu, in the James Washington. He ain't worth nothing. He's a dresser with a cardboard sign spray paint that says free on the front, even in a tight end premium league. So he's a hold. He's just a hold for me. If uh, he blows up in this offense, he'll give you a window to sell. There you go, Jerry. Where are you at with Ebron? And then we'll take this thing home. I think about the same. I think he's the only reason you really want Eric Ebron is if you don't have one of the good assets. Doesn't even have to be an elite asset at tight end. If you don't have a good asset at tight end and you're just piling two and three guys and just hoping you can get one, I think Eric Ebron is exactly perfect for that situation. And that's it. Which means if you want to have a little a little arts and crafts day with your daughter and you see this dresser that's out by the side of the road and you're like oh my god i can repaint that with my daughter it'll and will she can put stickers on it it'll be great she can wipe her boogers and just slide it on the side it'll be great that's what eric ebron is he is a boogery sticker dresser i i, I think you nailed it one thing i'll say about, say about eric ebron is is he's the perfect tight end if you've got a like a like a hunter henry a guy who's got some injury baggage, and then you've got an upside guy that you like. Um, I don't know, like Irv a, Smith. Like, like, yeah, like an Irv Smith. That that's a great example. If you throw Eric Ebron as your third option, and he ends up working out, man, this is a guy that you could throw in there on, on some uh, on some spot starts. Maybe Irv doesn't fire uh, as, as fast as you as you think he will. Maybe Henry gets hurt. This is the perfect guy to throw on the back end of your in your tight end room in a tight end premium league because this this should be a pretty good offense and they're going to have to score points. I think Cleveland's offense is going to be better. Uh, Cincinnati's offense is going to be better. Baltimore's offense is amazing. So this is an offense that's going to have to score points. And even though the defense is good, so uh, I don't mind dabbling. I, I I see the big old switcheroo. I think this uh, Pittsburgh team and New England going to flip. I think New England will be a bottom third scoring team, and I think Pittsburgh will go back to where they've been traditionally the last, I don't know, better part of a half decade with Big Ben at the helm. And this is a team whose offense is on the rise. What do you think there, Jer? I think you are exactly right. It's you know, it's sort of the, the QB situations are flipping for those teams where one's losing their elite quarterback and going young and the other one's getting theirs back. So, yeah. I'm with you, dude. Well, listen, man, uh, another Friday, another three teams in the books. We'll be back here next week with another edition. Man, what do you want to leave these people with? You got anything special for them? Uh, you know, this is where a better co-host would have like an inspirational quote for you, but I got, I got nothing. You know, you know what the best advice someone ever told me was? Don't take a dip in the pond if it smells like fish. So that's what I'll leave you with. Okay. Uh, I'm going to leave you with this. Um, we've had a really good week of podcasts. And as you guys know, I reference a lot of podcasts. I listen to a lot of podcasts. And not every single one is football related. I know, shocker, but not every single one is related to football. I listened one to one today. I actually sent it to Jerry before we hit record tonight. It is called Mark Bell's Power Project. Uh, this is normally a guy who covers things about health and fitness and diet not a bad listen if you're looking to get healthier or more fit. And he's kind of funny. Not as funny as he used to be, but still a good show. And he has another 
fitness uh, influencer, motivational speaker, for lack of a better term, named C.T. Fletcher. C.T. Fletcher is an older African-American guy. He's in his 60s. They have a conversation that starts at about the, I think, what I say, Jerry, like the 28-minute mark? Yep. Something like that. Man, it starts there, and it lasts about 45 minutes. And if anybody needs to listen to these two older guys, I think Mark's 40 and CT's 61 or 2, something like that. If there's ever a conversation worth listening to right now, now is the time. Give the football podcast a breaker if you burn through them as fast as I do. Again, that's Mark Bell's Power Project. You can find it on any platform. If I'm not too lazy, I'll try to do a good job of linking the Apple and Spotify links to this week's show note. So you can go out there or you can just slide my DMs at DFF Memphis and I will send it to you the same way that I sent it to Jerry so that you're able to enjoy it, man. Uh, the, the United States needs healing and it starts with us. So remember, if, you, you're, if your state's had your primary, cool, it's not too late. Go out, get registered to vote so that come November 3rd, you're ready to take care of that piece of business. But uh, Jerry, let's take this one home. Let us do it. Let us do it. So on behalf of Jerry... I am Memphis, and remember, here at the Dynasty War Zone, we are just trying to make the world a better place for fantasy football. We'll see you back here next week. Thank you, guys. Hey, fellow War Zone listeners. My name is Zach Camps. Uh, if I'm not golfing or slinging my hands a monster, I'm usually thinking about Dynasty Fantasy Football. A couple months back, I joined the Patreon just to take my Dynasty passion to the next level, and I'll tell you what, well, let's just say there's writer downers for days in the Patreon. As a member, you get access to the bonus pod where the guys take the filter off and talk about a wide variety of topics that maybe they won't cover on the normal show. You also get access to Memphis and Jerry for one-on-one advice, personal dynasty dilemmas. They'll tackle them for you, help you out with it. You just don't get that anywhere else. But I'd say my favorite part about the Patreon is the uh, the group chat. Tell you what, these guys are some excellent minds. Tons of fun. The fire in there is amazing. Great platform to post trade questions, debate rookie values, share insight, interact with some cool people from across the globe. You know, shout out to those guys in Australia. They're blowing my phone up all the time. You know, the best part is there's no Twitter trolls or Facebook trolls arguing about stuff they don't know anything about. So uh, if you want to enjoy your dynasty experience even more, win those championships, pause the podcast right now, sign up, and you can thank me later in the group chat. Are you looking for a reminder of your fantasy football greatness? Are you looking for something to set your league apart from those dime a dozen jabroni leagues out there? Then head over to trophysmack.com and hook your league up with the best trophies in the game today. And not only will you get the best trophies in the game today, you can get a free championship ring up to a $59.99 value by entering in the promo code DWZ ring. You pick out your trophy. Which one do you like? You put it in the cart. You add the ring to the cart. You add the promo code DWZ ring. Makes the ring free. And your league is now a step above the league down the street. So if you're looking for the best, you want to be the best in the game, you want to have the best league in town, go over to trophysmack.com, get that trophy, get that ring, use that code DWZ ring. And let's have a big season.